Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. He danced the third with Mr. Clay and the fourth with Mr. Wentworth. Mr. Wentworth, who could scarcely follow the music, and I saw him stumble twice. And that put a stop to it. (laughs) Are you determined to relay to us the events of the entire night? We were all in attendance. Ugh. It's a wonder Mr. Wentworth has not caused the collapse of many a house, the way he flails. And he always draws such attention. And when everyone ought to have been watching Jane dancing with Mr. Bingley, too. I hardly think Jane would have wanted everyone watching them, Mama. Oh, but of course they should. Mr. Bingley danced with them twice, after all. Charlotte! I hope this is not an intrusion. I did not realize you would still be at breakfast. Nonsense. Come sit by me. Mm. Miss Lucas, we have been discussing the events of last night, and we have been speaking of little else than Mr. Bingley. All morning. You, of course, Miss Lucas. You you danced with Mr. Bingley as well, did you not? I did. Mm. And did you not find him to be a handsome young man and well-mannered? I did indeed. Hmm. How happy for you to have danced with Mr. Bingley, for his attentions were quite devoted to Jane for most of the evening. I was quite surprised he could spare a thought for anyone else. Certainly you saw that he danced with Jane twice, a favor he did not bestow upon anyone else in attendance. Surely he found them to be the most beautiful, no matter whether he danced with anyone else or not. He had only admiration for our Jane. I overheard between him and Mr. Robinson. Did I not mention it to you? Mr. Robinson's asking him how he liked our Meriton assemblies, and whether or not he did not think there were a great many pretty guests in the room, and which he thought the prettiest. And his answering immediately to that last question, Oh, the eldest Bennet, beyond a doubt. There cannot be two opinions on that point. Oh, (laughs) well, upon my word. Well, that is very decided indeed. That does seem as if... But, however, it may all come to nothing, you know. Charlotte's overhearings were more to the purpose than yours, Lizzie. Miss Darcy's not so well worth listening to as her friend, is she? I beg you would not put it into Lizzie's head to be vexed by her ill treatment, for she is such a disagreeable woman that it would be quite a misfortune to be liked by her. 
Mrs. Long told me last night that she sat close to her for half an hour without once opening her lips. Are you quite sure, Mama? I certainly saw Miss Darcy speaking to her. Yes, because she asked her at last how she liked Netherfield, and she could not help answering. But she seemed quite angry at being spoken to. Miss Caroline Bingley told me that Miss Darcy never speaks much. Unless among her intimate acquaintances. Everybody says that she is eaten up with pride. I do not mind her not talking to Mrs. Long. But I wish she had danced with Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie, I would not dance with her if I were you. I believe, Mama, I may safely promise you never to dance with her. Her pride doesn't offend me, because there is an excuse for it. One cannot wonder that so very fine a young woman with family, fortune, everything in her favor, should think highly of herself. If I may so express it, she has a right to be proud. Pride is a very common failing, I believe. By all that I've ever read, I am convinced that human nature is particularly prone to it, and that there are very few of us who do not cherish a feeling of self-complacency on the score of some quality or other, real or imaginary. Vanity and pride are different things, though the words are often used synonymously. A person may be proud without being vain, Uh, Pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves. Vanity to what we would have others think of us. I could easily forgive her pride if she had not mortified mine. If I were as rich as Miss Darcy, I should not care how proud I was. I would keep a pack of foxhounds and drink a bottle of wine a day. Then you would drink a great deal more than you ought, and if I were to see you at it, I should take away your bottle directly. You would not. I certainly would if it would stop you from making a fool of yourself. I think I shall walk in the garden. Charlotte, won't you join me? My mother has found a new occupation in discussing last night. Though, given Mr. Bingley's admiration of Jane, I can hardly blame her. I believe he likes them very much. Don't you agree? By every account, you are correct. And he is certainly a good man. And again, I must wonder how so good a man can have two such tiresome sisters and willingly keep company with Miss Darcy. I suppose the regrettable friend I might as soon forget. But his sisters I may have to learn to love. For the likely truth is that I may someday soon call them sister as well. Is Jane so taken with Mr. Bingley? Oh, yes. I have never seen them in such a state. Did you notice their plate? They have hardly eaten a thing. Did you see the way they blushed whenever Mr. Bingley was mentioned? And do you believe Mr. Bingley can see the way they feel? Jane is modest and cautious with their feelings, but surely as they become better acquainted, Mr. Bingley will be assured of their affections. If a person conceals their affection from the object of it, they may lose the opportunity of fixing him. In nine cases out of ten, a person had better show more affection than they feel. Bingley likes Jane, undoubtedly, but he may never do more than like them if they do not help him on. But they do help him on as much as their nature will allow. If I can perceive their regard for him, he must be a fool indeed not to see it too. Remember, Lizzie, that he does not know Jane's disposition as you do. 
Jane should make the most of every moment in which they can command his attention. When they are secure of him, there will be more leisure for falling in love as much as they choose. Your plan is a good one, where nothing is in question but the desire of being well married. And if I were determined to get a rich spouse, or any spouse, I dare say I should adopt it. But these are not Jane's feelings. They are not acting by design. I wish Jane success with all my heart. And if they were married to him tomorrow, I should think they had as good a chance of happiness as if they were to be studying his character for a twelve-month. And it is better to know as little as possible of the defects of the person with whom you are to pass your life. <laughs> oh, Charlotte, it is not sound. You know it is not sound and that you would never act in this way yourself. I am not the one hoping to secure Mr. Bingley. Let us hope Jane will be more demonstrative the next time there is an opportunity. <laughs> Mr. Bingley is already dancing with Jane. I did notice, Mom, as we were both standing beside Jane when he asked them. Oh, I'm so glad Jane wore the blue. It shows them off to great advantage, do you not agree? Wholeheartedly. Of course, you look very pretty too, Lizzie, though you are not wearing what I would have chosen for you. I'd hoped you would be dancing as well. I have not yet been asked. Oh, this will not do. I see plenty standing idly by. Surely someone would be honored to join you for a dance. Oh, there's Darcy. Oh, no, uh, Mr. Bingley, I assure you, you do not. Darcy, won't you join us? There's nothing like dancing, after all. I consider it as one of the first refinements of polished society. Certainly, sir. And it has the advantage also of being in vogue amongst the less polished societies of the world. And I know you to be an adept in the science yourself. Darcy, you must allow me to present Miss Elizabeth to you as a very desirable partner. Indeed, sir, I have not the least intention of dancing. I entreat you not to suppose that I moved this way in order to beg for a partner. Oh, Miss Elizabeth excels so much in dance, Darcy, that it is cruel to deny everyone the happiness of seeing it. And though you dislike the amusement in general, you can have no objection, I am sure, to oblige us for one dance. I thank you, Mr. Bingley. But Miss Darcy seems quite determined to remain still for the duration of the evening. I have no desire to discourage her, if that is her wish. Miss Elizabeth? Miss Darcy? Miss Darcy, I can guess the subject of your reverie. I should imagine not. You are considering how insupportable it would be to pass many evenings in this manner in such society, and indeed I am quite of your opinion. I was never more annoyed. The insipidity, and yet the noise, the nothingness, and yet the self-importance of all those people. What I would give to hear your strictures on them. Your conjecture is totally wrong, I assure you. My mind was more agreeably engaged. 
I have been meditating on the very great pleasure which a pair of fine eyes in the face of a pretty woman can bestow. I must desire that you would tell me what lady has the credit of inspiring such reflections. Miss Elizabeth Bennet. Miss Elizabeth Bennet! I am all astonishment. How long has she been such a favorite? That is exactly the question which I expected you to ask. Your imagination is very rapid. It jumps from admiration to love in a moment. Nay, if you are serious about it, I shall consider the matter is absolutely settled. You will be having a charming mother-in-law indeed. And of course, she will always be at Pemberley with you. Officers, and, and what have you heard of them? Only very little, but there is a Captain Carter acquainted with Mr. Phillips, and he says they are all good humor. There will be officers all throughout Meriton. We must go to town tomorrow, Mama. Oh, and certainly we shall. Jane, I hope you are not neglecting your Mr. Bingley. Mama... Have you heard, Jane, of the officers coming to town? Yes, Mama. It was mentioned oh. when... Only think of it. Officers from one end of the square to the other. Will you come to town to see them with us, Jane? Tomorrow? I have been invited to dine with Caroline and Louisa Bingley tomorrow. Mr. Bingley will be dining with the officers, but his sisters wish for me to join them. Mr. Bingley will not be in attendance? No, but... Well, certainly you must go, of course. May I take the carriage? No, my dear. You had better go on horseback, because... It seems likely to rain tomorrow, and then you must stay all night. Oops. That would be a good scheme, if you were sure that they would not offer to send them home. They shall not. Or if your predictions of rain prove false. For though you have much to offer, Mama, I have never known the gift of prophecy to be one of them. But should it prove true, Jane may very well fall ill from being soaked through. Although I suppose if they should die, it would be a comfort to know that it was all in pursuit of Mr. Bingley. (laughs) My kind friends will not hear of my returning till I am better. Do not be alarmed, for excepting a sore throat and headache... There is not much the matter with me. Does Jane mention Mr. Bingley in their letter? Really, Mama? Oh, pff. People do not die of little trifling colds. They'll be taken good care of. As long as they stay there, all is very well. The rain has stopped. I will go to Netherfield at once and see Jane. How can you be so silly as to think of such a thing? In all this mud... You will not be fit to be seen when you get there. I shall be very fit to see Jane, which is all I want. Oh, Lizzie. Miss Elizabeth, did you walk all this way? I did. I've come to see Jane. Yes, of course. Oh, how very good of you, Miss Elizabeth. Please, allow me to show you to them. Thank you. Incredible. It must be, what, three miles? Isn't it all that wet? It is a small wonder she could walk all of three inches with her skirt so caked in dirt. I thought she looked exceedingly well. Well, if your tastes run to half the barnyard, 
for I fear she brought much of it indoors. The exercise gave brilliancy to her complexion. Ah, yes. No doubt to her fine eyes as well. Hmm. Oh, how are they faring, Miss Elizabeth? They've been resting for some time now. Thank you for your attention to them, Mr. Bingley. I know Jane is as appreciative of your care as I am. Join us for cards, Charles. Oh, of course, of course. Won't you join us, Miss Elizabeth? Thank you. Uh, no. Do you prefer reading to cards? That is rather singular. Miss Elizabeth Bennet is a great reader, and has no pleasure in anything else. I deserve neither such praise nor such censure. I am not a great reader, and I have pleasure in many things. In caring for your sibling, I am sure you have great pleasure, and I hope it will be soon increased by seeing them quite well. I thank you very much, Mr. Bingley. Will you not play, Miss Darcy? I prefer to finish writing my letter. Thank you. Oh, to dear Georgiana? Yes. Are they much grown since the spring? Will they be as tall as I am? I think they will. They are now about Miss Elizabeth's height. Or, rather, taller. How I long to see them again. I never met with anybody who delighted me so much. Such a countenance, such manners, and so extremely accomplished for their age. Their performance on the pianoforte is exquisite. It is amazing to me how young people can have patience to be so very accomplished as they all are. All young people accomplished? My dear Charles, what do you mean? Yes, all of them, I think. They all paint tables, cover screens, and net purses. I scarcely know anyone who cannot do all this, and I'm sure I never heard someone spoken of for the first time without being informed that they are very accomplished. I cannot boast of knowing more than half a dozen in the whole range of my acquaintance that are really accomplished. You must comprehend a great deal in your idea of it. Yes. Oh, Miss Darcy has told us of this. To her, no one can be really esteemed accomplished who does not greatly surpass what is usually met with. They must have a thorough knowledge of music, singing, drawing, dancing, and the modern languages to deserve the word. And besides all this, they must possess a certain something in their air and manner of walking, the tone of their voice, their address and expressions, or the word will be but half deserved. (laughs) I am no longer surprised at your knowing only six accomplished people. I rather wonder now at your knowing any. Are you so severe as to doubt the possibility of all this? I never saw such a person. I never saw such capacity and taste and application and elegance as you describe United. You write uncommonly fast, Miss Darcy. You are mistaken. I write rather slowly. Pray tell Georgiana that I long to see them. I have already told them so once, by your desire. Tell Georgiana I am delighted to hear of their improvement on the harp, and pray let them know that I am quite in raptures with their beautiful little design for a table. Will you give me leave to defer your raptures till I write again? At present I have not room to do them justice. Do you always write such charming long letters to them, Miss Darcy? They are generally long, but whether always charming, it is not for me to determine. Charles writes in the most careless way imaginable. He leaves out half of his words and blots the rest. Oh, my ideas flow so rapidly that I have not time to express them, by which means my letters sometimes convey no ideas at all to my correspondence. (laughs) Miss Elizabeth, 
Let me persuade you to follow my example and take a turn about the room. I assure you it is very refreshing after sitting so long in one attitude. Would you join us, Miss Darcy? No, thank you. <laughs> Why ever not? Your exercise can have but one of two motives. And I should interfere if I join you. And what motives might those be? You either choose this method of passing the evening because you are in each other's confidence and have secret affairs to discuss, or because you are conscious that your figures appear to the greatest advantage in walking. If the first, I would be completely in your way. And if the second, I could admire you much better where I am. Shocking. How shall we punish her for such a speech? Tease her. Laugh at her. Intimate as you are, you must know how it is to be done. Oh, no. Miss Darcy is not to be laughed at. That is an uncommon advantage, and I uncommon hope it will continue, for I dearly love a laugh. The wisest and the best of people may be rendered ridiculous by a person whose first object in life is a joke. I hope I never ridicule what is wise and good. Follies and nonsense, whims and inconsistencies do divert me, I own, and I laugh at them whenever I can. But these, I suppose, are precisely what you are without. It has been the study of my life to avoid those weaknesses which often expose a strong understanding to ridicule. Such as vanity and pride. Yes, vanity is a weakness indeed. But pride. Where there is a real superiority of mind, pride will always be under good regulation. Your examination of Miss Darcy is over, I presume. And pray, what is the result? I am perfectly convinced by it that Miss Darcy has no defect. She owns it herself without disguise. I have made no such pretension. I have faults enough. I cannot forget the follies and vices of others so soon as I ought, nor their offenses against myself. My good opinion, once lost, is lost forever. Oh, do let us have a little music. You have chosen your fault well. I really cannot laugh at it. You are safe from me. There is, I believe, in every disposition, a tendency to some particular evil. A natural defect, which not even the best education can overcome. And your defect is to hate everybody. And yours is willfully to misunderstand them. <laughs> Queer, Pride, and Prejudice, based on the novel by Jane Austen, was created by Cassie Josephs and Caroline Minx, and was adapted and directed by Caroline Minx and Evan Tess Murray. Original music was composed by Trace Callahan, with sound design by Brad Colbrook and Tal Minear. This episode featured the voices of Lizette Alvarez as Mary, Jordan Cobb as Elizabeth, Danielle Ellett as Louisa, Leslie Gideon as Charlotte, Sawyer Green as Bingley, Eleanor Gray as Jane, Ishani Kanetkar as Caroline, Caroline Minx as Darcy, Kalila Roney as Lydia, Sarah Ray Werner as Mrs. Bennett, and Chichoke B. Williams as Kitty. Follow us on Twitter at QueerPridePod, and visit our website at QueerPridePod.Wixsite.com slash pride.